Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody. Before we jump into the show, quick overview. This episode is actually a long time coming. We're going to revisit one of the most common topics that we talk about uh, in many episodes, which is metabolic syndrome. Specifically, can metabolic syndrome be reversed? But before we do that, we give a kind of a reintroduction of what it is, why it's important, how to diagnose it. Uh, certainly, can it be reversed? reversed how would you go about doing that if it was possible and then lastly how much this can be a singular mechanism for massive breakthrough in your future health and i hope you enjoy the episode hey everybody welcome to this episode of the future of medicine podcast i am your host dr wenzel i am joined as always by the lovely and talented jen justice hello hey how's it going good Always great to take time and sit down with you to create this content, um, Same. these discussions. Always, they happen in the background all the time, mm -hmm. every day. It's always great to formalize many of our thoughts uh, and, and, and be able to document this uh, in a way where we can just have a conversation. This episode, um, interestingly, we talk a lot about metabolic syndrome in 70, 80% of our episodes were referencing it. When I looked back through our content <clears throat> that we've created, it's been quite some time that we had an episode committed to just mm -hmm. uh, metabolic syndrome. So I thought this would be a great time to layer in um, another specific discussion. And this is about, can metabolic syndrome be reversed? Mm -hmm. I think this is really important because we reference it, it's everywhere, it's all around us. 60, 70% of the US population is dealing with metabolic syndrome. Um, and they're wondering, can it be reversed? Mm -hmm. And we, ho we hope to address that question because it's a fair question and it's an important question to answer. But I think before we answer that question, I think it's super important that we do a quick historical recap on what is it? Why is it dangerous? How's it diagnosed? And, uh, you know, what do you need to be thinking about? Like, how? what is the mindset you need to have going mm -hmm. into this if you have metabolic syndrome? <clears throat> so quickly, you know, in medicine, I always say uh, we like to name things. It's yeah. one of our favorite things to do is to put <laughs> names at things. Um, unfortunately, when we can't come up with a really clever name and we see a certain illness or a cluster of symptoms, we just call it a syndrome. Mm -hmm. So like fill in the blank syndrome. Mm -hmm. uh, so metabolic syndrome is a disease process that we have identified as medicine uh, as a, a, a cluster of conditions when found in conjunction with each other represent this syndrome mm -hmm. that is due to a metabolic thing. Um, and, and this metabolic thing is really the root of all metabolic disease, and we'll kind of get into that. But w why is it so dangerous? And I think simply said, metabolic disease is the single greatest variable 
that you can manage to have the great impact of your overall health and vitality and longevity. This is, this is fueling the flames of diabetes, heart disease, cancer. Basically, it's the gateway disease to all of the diseases you don't want. Mm-hmm. Root cause. It really does. It, it, <clears throat> if you take all of the diseases that you're really most afraid of and you work backwards, yep. it is the most significant outside of smoking. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to assume that people who are listening to this who care about longevity, either don't smoke or have already stopped smoking. If you're smoking, ignore everything I'm saying and just stop smoking. Right. Assuming we're not talking about smoking, the next most important thing you can do, no matter what you're trying to achieve, is get your head all the way around metabolic syndrome. Uh, How do you prevent it? How do you reverse it? How do you delay it? All of these things. Um, I just think it's number one. Mm So, Jen, go into a little bit more detail. There is, There are actually criteria mm-hmm. that we use on the medical side of things to diagnose metabolic syndrome. Mm-hmm. We often have suspicion, but w- talk to us about what the criteria are and kind of how all that works in a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So, as you mentioned, we're looking really for these cluster sort of symptoms or identifiers for this subgroup of individuals that are at higher risk for the chronic conditions that you mentioned, mm-hmm. which are, you know, diabetes, obesity, heart disease, heart disease, cancer. abnormal lipids. So they're all geared around that, but <clears throat> you have to have three or more of each of these criteria. Um, so one is high blood pressure or hypertension. So systolic blood pressure, 130, diastolic uh, 85, or greater. So top number 130, bottom number 85 or greater. Um, elevated fasting. Which, by the way, is lo- yeah. is much lower uh-huh. to diagnose hypertension than most people give it credit. Mm-hmm. Even in our own world, we have been quite convicted recently yeah. that we're not quite as aggressive as we need to be on blood pressure mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. Uh, 130 over 85 Nine out of ten people walking the planet, including physicians, leave that alone. Yeah. Well, what I will say <clears throat> in our defense, it's very difficult, not not really difficult. It's uh, It needs to be a strategic diagnosis, right? So you cannot just take one static blood pressure. It's got to be thoughtful. Yes. Um, yes. And there's a, there's a, a very... Uh, intelligent way to do it <laughs> for any number of reasons yeah but how many times have we talk to some of our members and they get worried or concerned which rightfully so over one static blood pressure and i have that conversation a lot mm-hmm. where hey yes your blood pressure is higher than normal but let's take an average over time yep. and really see what's going yep. on versus like one blood pressure um the point is it matters and it matters a yeah. lot and and the diagnostic criteria is way lower than anybody thinks. Yes, that's right. Yep. Um, the second one is elevated fasting blood sugar, or you'll mm-hmm. see it on the lab sheet called glucose. Um, and that, that has to be over 100. Um, low HDL. So less than 50 in women and less than 40 in men. So mm-hmm. there's very strict cr- criteria there. And that would be on your lipid panel. Mm-hmm. Just um, a standard fasting lipid mm-hmm. panel you should get When you're that. getting that done. The same mm-hmm. with uh, triglycerides. So these are your, your blood fats and that those are typically over 150. Mm-hmm. So you'll see those elevated. And then uh, truncal obesity, which is something that we screen our members for here as well. So waist circumference in inches greater than 35 inches in women and greater than 40 inches in men. Yep. So 
really, that's another <laughs> area. Um, you really need to be measuring it at your belly button mm-hmm. or a little bit higher, so not down around your hips where maybe your uh, your stu- your belly is a little thinner. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, you want to capture all the belly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, it's that visceral yeah. adiposity that we're really checking for that waistline is a really interesting metric you know it 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 uh, it is actually like if there was one thing that you could (coughs) check out of all of these things with high degree of probability it's waistline yeah you know as the waistline increases all-cause mortality Mm -hmm, goes up mm -hmm. which is there there i don't even think smoking has that claim to fame yeah um but uh, now it increases lots of reasons that kill you, mm-hmm. but all co- like everything that kills a human, mm-hmm. your risk of it goes up as your waistline goes up. Yeah, and it really is around visceral fat, truncal fat, so fat in and around your organs. Mm-hmm. This is a tremendous, tremendously specific marker mm-hmm. for metabolic disease and risk for chronic diseases that kill humans. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need three of those five criteria at any one time and you have diagnostic criteria met for metabolic syndrome Mm -hmm. um great so as we wrap up this section of of the episode like how does how should that make someone feel i mean so we have Mm -hmm. the the diagnostic criteria we understand what it is we understand why it's important but like what do I do about that? Well, I think, you know, tying into your conversation in the beginning about things being a syndrome, mm-hmm. we typically think about this on a spectrum because it's a precursor, as you've already mentioned, to a lot of the chronic and um, really awful <laughs> chronic diseases down the line, like diabetes, heart disease, cancer, stroke, all of those things. But we typically see this as a slow burn, right? We don't see members coming into our practice very often with full-blown diabetes that just happened yesterday. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's happened over time, and our bodies are a very fine-tuned system where these systems and processes can get out of whack pretty easily, frank- thankfully kind of slowly, um, but if we don't have an offense mindset, and we've talked about offense versus defense, mm-hmm. this particularly is a syndrome where you have to continually be on offense yes. to fight it. Because we're living in, as we've talked, to, talked about on other podcasts, a very obesogenic, if I can mm-hmm. use that word, mm-hmm. um, so. environment, right? We can get meals door dashed to us. We have fast food at our um, disposal. Very few people... I'm just speaking generally, eat at home anymore or whole food diet, mm-hmm. um, exercise appropriately. So those type of things, which we'll talk about later of how to combat this, you know, you constantly have to be on offense to fight this. Yep. Otherwise, if you're not, things could turn for the worse and, and you, you go down a path that you really don't want to be down. Yeah, I agree with you. I would even take it even further and say that if you don't have an active offensive mindset, to be hunting for this yep. and or reversing just super proactive offensive if 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 the default if your if your strategy or is just to just see how it goes mm-hmm. or 
keep giving your best effort and we'll just see what happens and more of a defensive sit back reactionary the default physiology in 2023 and beyond in all developed nations is metabolic disease yeah you you will become uh, a metabolic syndrome statistic mm-hmm. and you are dramatically increasing your individual risk for chronic diseases that kill humans. Mm-hmm. Um, it is our belief and the way we practice and it's our conviction, it's why we create this content to give it to the world. If you don't commit to having an offensive mindset to go hunting for these things and understand why they matter, mm-hmm. metabolic disease is inevitable for yeah. most everyone. Yeah, and I love the word you just used, strategy. Yeah, That is huge, uh, ties really nicely and with offensive mindset that is a strategy yeah okay you got to call the right place deploy it next section of this uh episode is about can metabolic is answering the question can metabolic syndrome be reversed and i think i love that question because it implies that one wants to go on offense if it is possible Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so what's the answer jen can metabolic syndrome be reversed well, the, the good news is, is yes, um, because our, our bodies are this fine-tuned system just as easily as they can get out of whack with some strategy and an offensive mindset and identifying your numbers, knowing what they are, knowing if you have three of the five risk factors and what risk factors you have, you can hone in on those and definitely reverse it. So that's the good news um, in, in all of this. And uh it's really just improvable for for everybody. I mean, there's mm-hmm. not any one person that I can think of that can't improve their health in some sure. way, um, or or one of which those is why markers. we love the word optimization. Yeah, yeah. You, you can know. definitely optimize your blood pressure, yeah. your waistline. You can always improve you know, your your glucose. You know, all of those things, especially in the things that matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you alluded to it in the at the tail end of the first section where all diseases, including metabolic syndrome exist on a spectrum. Nobody wakes up one day with diabetes. That just doesn't happen. Your experience might (laughs) be like, oh my gosh, I went to the doctor for the first time. I was totally fine. And then I left 45 minutes with 17 medications and all of these diagnoses. Those have been going on and developing and worsening in the background for years, sometimes decades, because the default is developing these diseases. Um, And like you said, the good news is for many people, it is preventable, reversible, but because it does exist on a spectrum, it depends on where you are on the journey. Mm-hmm. So it may not be preventable and it may not be curable, but it's certainly optimizable. Mm-hmm. Everyone could stand to improve and optimize their metabolic efficiency with a very thoughtful, strategic, offensive-minded strategy. Um, we just really believe there's nothing more significant that you could do with your health other than not smoking yeah. than to have an offensive mindset around metabolic efficiency. Yeah. So how do you reverse metabolic syndrome? I think, I think in order to answer that question, Jen, explain to us what is the root physiology behind all, in, all metabolic disease? Well, it really starts with this thing <laughs> that we call insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. So... If, the, if you take one thing away from this podcast, please know that it all starts with the hormone insulin, right? This, mm-hmm. this is 
I think what you've called the holy grail of the holy grail of health health right is a normalized blood sugar which you can only achieve through optimization of your insulin response yes right so insulin is a hormone it is made in our pancreas and the main uh, job of insulin is to to help our blood sugar enter our cells so it would be our muscle cells our fat cells and our liver cells where we use them for energy we mm-hmm. use that that um, blood glucose for energy and we get glucose from really two sources mostly our food but then our liver also makes some yep. um, and that's kind of a protective mechanism for times of famine um, which is it's actually a great thing. It's actually cool. I know. And you go long periods of time with no food, but you don't, yeah. your blood sugar doesn't drop. Yeah, so the liver stores it, and then it also can release it when we need it, which is pretty cool. Um, so we, we ingest food, and our blood sugars rise, can rise faster or spike higher, depending on the type of food we mm-hmm. eat. Um, and then um, insulin gets released from our pancreas, and the main goal is to lower that blood sugar, bring it back down so that it normalizes. Mm-hmm. And this is a great mechanism to keep us from being perpetually diabetic, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want elevated levels of blood sugar all the time. But <laughs> what happens is when we eat a diet that is not conducive to a lower blood sugar environment, that blood sugar stays consistently elevated and we need more and more insulin to try to bring it down. Mm-hmm. So the pancreas is pumping out insulin, the blood sugar stays perpetually high, and our cells, muscle, liver, and um, fat cells, become kind of um, desensitized to insulin's role. That's right. So it basically, they ignore it. They ignore the signal. So what happens is the blood sugar keeps going up, um, the insulin keeps going up, and therefore, all kinds of cascading things happen. Right. We start storing fat, um, we start getting symptomatic, and this is really like a precursor to prediabetes and diabetes, if it's not identified and corrected. Yeah, I mean, insulin resistance is what you're describing. Yeah. The state of perpetual hyperinsulinemia mm-hmm. and hyperglucose levels. Um, creates the cascade of physiologic changes that create these diagnostic criteria for metabolic syndrome. It causes troncal obesity. Mm -hmm. It causes hypertension and it causes diabetes and it causes your cholesterol numbers to go sideways, Mm -hmm. the low HDL, the high triglycerides. Um, It causes the increased fasting Mm -hmm. glucose in the morning. So like when you're looking at those diagnostic criteria, every one of them maps back the exact same thing which is you have over too much time you have too much blood sugar which means you're exposed to too much insulin which means your tissues are not responding to the Mm -hmm. insulin which is insulin resistance and eventually you become diabetic diabetes is just poorly controlled insulin Mm -hmm. resistance it just it's a spectrum so the term that you used while we were preparing for this which i love is it's fanning the flames right it's like the spark is the metabolic syndrome yes the flame gets you know, stronger and stronger with insulin resistance, and that just cascades into Yeah, and you think about the horrible. diseases that we're so scared about, like cancer and heart disease. Mm-hmm. Well, diabetes, which is Ugh. just poorly controlled insulin resistance, is a cardiac risk equivalent to having known heart disease. Yeah. It, the, it, it is the number, other than smoking, it's the number one contributor to heart disease. Mm-hmm. It it's also is, horrible for your kidneys. 
It's yeah. not the only thing that causes heart disease. Yeah. But if you have diabetes, you will have cardiac issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The end. The end. That's pretty scary. <laughs> Cancer cells, tumors. These are uncontrolled cell growth. It is mm -hmm. un tumors are cells dividing without the signal to divide. They are growing out of control when your body is not giving it to mm -hmm. the sign. This is a high energy consumption. What do we think cancer cells consume? Sugar. Glucose. Yeah. Sugar. <laughs> sugar. <laughs> There's no other fuel source for a cancer cell. Uh, somebody so I know called it cancer food. Sugar's cancer food. Yeah. Like, no, this is, th this is what we mean when we say insulin resistance is fanning the flames mm -hmm. of downstream end-stage metabolic disease like cancer and heart disease. This is massively significant. Yeah, that's why we take it so seriously. And, and taking a passive, reactionary re uh, approach to this means you will be one of the 60 to 70% of all adults who end up on a statin for cholesterol, a blood pressure medicine for blood pressure, mm -hmm. like always looking to lower your waistline, like it, you have all the same diseases. So not to digress, but <clears throat> you may also end up at, on insulin, which, by the way, will make you gain weight. Yeah, <laughs> which, which, and the answer is always more insulin. Yeah. Which controls your blood sugar mm -hmm. and makes you feel good in the short term. But long term, it actually hastens the very problem, which yeah. is this hyperinsulinemic state. Yeah. This is why all diabetics just get worse. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a very slippery slope. Um, and the only play is offense. Mm -hmm. And so then you would say, well, what is the offense? And we believe kind of a, as, a, as a continuation over the last three months of content we've been creating that we believe that all meaningful progress in one's health journey typically come from either optimizing from one of three pillars. The first pillar is uh, what, what we call how you feed your body, mm -hmm. so your diet. Mm-hmm. Is there an opportunity to optimize the way you feed your body? Is there a pillar number two is how do you move your body, mm -hmm. your fitness plan? What is your activity like? What is your strategy for moving through space while you're alive? Mm -hmm. And the third pillar is how do you recover your body? Mm -hmm. So how do you eat? How do you move? How do you recover? We believe all meaningful progress falls into one of those three buckets most of the time. Yeah. So with that framework, an offensive mindset towards metabolic syndrome would be Diet, as a general rule, we think for most people adopting a fasted lifestyle makes the most sense and it is the, the greatest uh, return on in your investment. Mm -hmm. Some people may fast for 12 hours a day, some people 16, 18, some people do 24 hours a day, some people like long fast. I have no idea. The idea here is find out what fasting is what works for you, what's practical, what's sustainable, and adopt mm -hmm. a lifestyle of eating less often. And historically, what we have seen in our members who come in with lipid panels that are disaster, when they start fasting, those numbers turn around really quickly. Very fast. Our cadence is usually to recheck them about in 90 days, and we generally- It's rare. See, to not see improvement. a marked improvement in those numbers. That's so that is that that's two criteria you can take off the list that's for metabolic right. syndrome. Yeah, and not to mention create some momentum. Yeah, uh, when you do open your mouth and you are going to eat, we believe that I don't really care what dietary thesis you want to prescribe subscribe to. 
just eat whole foods. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't food 100 years ago, it isn't food. <laughs> right. Like, get rid of processed foods. Mm-hmm. Make it real food. Close your feeding window as tight as possible that's sustainable and repeatable. And that will get you 80%, 85% of the way there from the diet bucket. Yep. Fitness. The holy grail here here is maximize lean mass. Mm-hmm. Your skeletal muscle. As a human, you're built on the back of your muscles and bones. Yep. Your muscles are your sugar burners. That's where your insulin sensitivity response is going to be. The more lean mass you have, the easier it is going to be to maintain an optimal blood glucose and insulin sensitivity. Mm-hmm. That implies that you need to be doing some strength training. Yep. You need strong muscles. You need as much as possible. So strength training, even for women, we and even for our more senior members, finding a way to move your body against resistance is absolutely fundamentally critical. Yes. Um, we like, again, for most people to do an early morning workout where you're fasted, where you go into this, you're already not in a fed state. So you've already kind of optimized your biochemistry. Take that biochemistry fasted biochemistry into some strength training and movement prolong your fast and put a little mechanical stress mm-hmm. it really has tremendous benefit uh and what we don't push enough but there's great data is a post dinner walk mm-hmm. eat supper at five or six Give yourself an hour or two. Go for a 30-minute walk. There's great data to say that this is excellent for insulin sensitivity and glycemic control, not to mention peace of mind. Stress. Stress <laughs> relief. you sliding into your restful hours mm-hmm. in a very, very depleted state, which is ideal. And then lastly, sleep. We have been talking a lot about sleep in terms of recovery. Mm-hmm. We, we, we currently believe that it is more important than diet and exercise. I mean, it just is the single greatest area of opportunity. It happens to be the most elusive to high achieving, uh, you know, our type of clientele, mm-hmm. uh, kind of across the board. You, you live a life where there's a lot on the line. Yeah. And it's hard to turn that off and sleep can become very, very elusive. And we just do all of our recovering while we're sleeping. Yeah. And so we bring some of yesterday's fatigue into today and that's unfair and that starts stacking. Mm -hmm. Um, We believe that some really great simple things you can do would be, number one, make it a priority. Yeah. Stop stop poo-pooing sleep as being important. Mm -hmm. That's foolish, it's diluted thinking, and it's not true. Yeah. It's the most important thing. So you make it a priority, and then start tracking your data. Mm-hmm. There's some great tools out yeah. there. Whoop, Aura Ring, big fans. What you're going to find is when you start tracking your data, you'll start looking at the data, and you will, without even realizing it, begin to change and modify your behavior so that you get better scores. Yeah, And that is very easy. And those are the things that we believe could be very easy to apply, offensive-minded kind of tactics. One thing we talk about is you can't manage what you don't measure, right? You so you gotta your measure best, it. Yeah, your your best hope in that situation is you're guessing. Yeah. And uh, hope is a wonderful thing, but it's not a strategy. <laughs> no. Okay, the last section, and we're gonna wrap up here. And this is um, this gets a little more heady. This third section. This is the effect insulin resistance. Um, like understanding the effect of insulin resistance on metabolic syndrome, how that af- can affect you and impact you psychologically. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think too often the psychological, spiritual, emotional journey of being a human doesn't get talked about enough yeah. from healthcare providers. I like to think we talk about it a lot mm-hmm. in an appropriate amount. Mm-hmm. And th- this is no different. Uh, I think most people who have m- metabolic syndrome struggle with weight. Mm-hmm. They struggle to understand what the heck is going on with their blood pressure, why we can't lose weight, why are my blood sugars going crazy, why are my cholesterols going... It, it seems totally random and nobody seems to have any answers and I don't know what to do. I really want to stress this point that when you become... When the main thing becomes clear yeah. to something that's significant. I'm not talking about majoring in minor things. I'm yeah. talking about a massively important thing like metabolic syndrome. When all of a sudden you have this light bulb moment that this really comes down to my body's relationship with insulin and that if all of my effort and energy and creativity and resourcefulness and focus is on optimizing my body's relationship with insulin, and then you see significant movement in metrics that matter. It's a psychological shift mm-hmm. where there it is. It's a momentum builder. It it obliterates the overwhelm and the complexity and that simplicity and that clarity gives you a lot of momentum. Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot about multiplying multipliers. If I could wish one thing, it would be that people understood that the primary enemy of 2023 and beyond for humans is insulin. Mm -hmm. Juxtaposed to the fact that it's necessary for life. Right. But we live in a world of abundance. You alluded to this. It's never been easier to get a cheesecake and cookies dropped off at your doorstep in one hour. The luxuries and finer surpluses in life are at our fingertip and they're immediately available and they're available at surplus. Mm -hmm. You will never win that battle. It's a setup for failure if you are not on offense. Yeah, if you constantly give in to that. Yeah, and if you take a passive approach to your health, you're going to lose. Mm -hmm. Long term, eventually you will pay the consequences what do we say? Easy life now, hard life later. That's right. Hard life now, easy life later. Mm-hmm. Implementing discipline around this area can potentially free you down the road of the things that you want to be free from the most, mm-hmm. like cancer, heart attack, those things. And that's why we create this. I think as we were preparing for this and kind of wrapping up, Jen, you really nailed kind of four big take-home points. Mm-hmm. Can you share those? Well, the first thing is... Um, all I think we've <laughs> quoted this before on the podcast, but all meaningful progress starts with telling the truth. Yeah. And so another way of spinning that for this podcast is knowing the truth. So get your numbers checked. Know what they are. You know, uh, that, that that has to be the next first step is yeah. to definitely know where you fall on the spectrum, right? Let's be honest about where yeah. we're at. Let's know our numbers. What else? Um, the next one is um, find your team, you know. Uh, find a provider that takes this as seriously as you should and, and want to um, and, and doesn't just say, oh, well, 
You don't need to worry about that right now because you're 35 and Keep you have plenty of time if to turn it around. If it gets worse, we'll do something. Yeah. What is, what is yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. Let's go on offense early. Find a provider go that on has, offense early. is aligned with you yeah. in your values and your goals. Yeah. And that can support you on being on offense. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more with finding your team. Yeah. And we've talked about that again. Yep. All, tons. Yep. And then to reiterate again is go on offense. Just don't bury your head in the sand. Don't you know, uh, get into the the gap, as we've talked about the gap mm-hmm. and the gain before, of um, where you are coming from or maybe your past. It's like you have the power and the knowledge and um, if you have a great team to really turn this around for yourself and prevent major, major chronic diseases from happening and to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Who doesn't want that? Yeah, and even if you can't prevent... You delay. Yeah, delay. And the name of the game is live as long as possible, mm-hmm. as healthy as possible. And so it, and people who take a sit back, we'll see how it goes, passive approach, reactionary approach, it is very unlikely that they're going to win. Yeah. The game of I lived a long time and was super, super healthy. Because mm-hmm. the default, all of the forces through – Mass agriculture, through pop culture, through marketing, and the current sick care model are all pushing you towards disease, but don't die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are kind of the opposite of that. Right. Absolutely. So this has been good. Very uh, good. Um, I, I, I always enjoy our time together. I hope this episode, if it lands on one person and they're able to take a meaningful step to a better future self then it's worth the effort that we put into this. Um, Please feel free to share, comment, let us know what you think, um, what you'd like to hear more of. And um, until we meet again, Jen, any famous last words? I'm going to steal a Wenzelism. Insulin is the devil. Ooh, Ooh. that's a good one. Put that on a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Thanks, Jen. We'll see you next time. Bye. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor-patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.